is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. Today is Monday, January 16th, and I am your host, Brooks Barrett. Joining me today, as always, my guy, Dustin Wimmer. Today, we are recapping a tough loss in Austin to the Texas Longhorns. Uh, so we will go through that game, kind of look ahead at to Texas Tech's basketball schedule for this week. Uh, so should be a shorter episode than most. There's not a whole lot to talk about this week, but to catch everything that we are doing here at Tailgate Talks, you have to follow us. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the Tailgate. Also, if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with a review. Also, we are on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Telgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting. We were fortunate enough to hop on with uh, the nation in a post-game Twitter space to talk the Texas game with them there. So give us a follow there to catch everything we're doing. We're always posting on there. Uh, but we do have Facebook and Instagram. Also have a YouTube channel where we're posting videos from each week's episodes. Some little clips uh, from each week's episodes go up there. So subscribe to that channel to uh, to catch all of those, comment on those videos. We always leave like a little something to comment with on those videos. So interact with us there. And if you have any questions or anything to add to the tailgate, you can always email us. Our email is tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, Dustin, it was another Texas Tech game on Saturday and yet another loss for the Texas Tech Red Raiders as they fall to the Longhorns in Austin in a close battle, 72 to 70, um, you know, hung in there, had some, tried to do the uh, tip drill to get the game tied there at the end of the game, yeah. unfortunately unable Twice. to do it. Twice, had two opportunities, couldn't do it. To be fair, that is a very tough play, uh, one of the hardest things to do. Um, need like Luka Doncic or something to yeah. step in and take <laughs> over for us. We there. don't have Luka on the team. <laughs> Pull that off and uh, put his own foot back in. <laughs> right. Uh, don't have that kind of uh, player on the team, unfortunately. But you fall to 0-5 to start Big 12 play. Um, not a great start to the Big 12 season. Dustin, just your overall takeaways from the tough loss Saturday night in Austin. Uh, I feel like it's the same story over and over. Like, oh, we fought, but not enough. Like... And then, like, similar to the TCU game, like, oh, we have a good double-digit lead. And then a couple minutes later, no, we don't. So, it's like, I, just, I don't know if we have enough dogs on this team to, like, fight people yeah. off. Or, I don't know what we need, really. But, yeah, it's tough. And it's it's really tough. Like, it's the same old story over and over now. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. It's like you're always, you know, four out of the five Big 12 games you've played so far, you've been in it. You've had chances to win pretty much all of them. You can look at a scenario where you won those games. Uh, you just ultimately don't make the plays down the stretch or, you know, somewhere in the second half, whether it's the start of the second half, we'll get into those a little bit more. You you're just don't come out of the gates firing, and you always have about a 
10 minute stretch. It feels like yeah. in each game that ends up being, you know, what costs you the game. I tweeted it out that night. We just need to be able to play a full 40 minute game. And you haven't done that yet this season. Dude, um, we you know, you like take a 30 minute game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you play you play thirty minute games great, but those it's those ten minutes where you're not playing very good that have killed you in just about every single game you look at so far in this conference play. And so, yeah, another frustrating loss. I said it on the uh, Nation little post game show. If you told yeah. me after the Iowa State game that we'd have lost by two, I would have accepted that real quick, just because it showed hey we bounced back, we were able to compete. And that's always what you want is just to compete. But then you watch the game play out how it has how it did, and you understand that this was a great opportunity for you to get your first key victory of the season on the road against the rival Longhorns, and you just were unable to do so. So one of the big things that has contributed to these uh, losses, especially to TCU and the to the Longhorns in Austin, was coming out the gate in the second half. Uh, in the TCU game, we all remember you were up by 11. TCU pretty much had that game tied or within a bucket in the first five minutes. This game, very similar. Come out, Texas right back in the game in the first four or five minutes of the second half. Dustin, what are your thoughts on like the second half woes and, and the start of the second halves that really seem to give the other team a jolt and put them right back in these games when it should be a little more complicated that? Yeah, I actually took a note of kind of when it fell apart, and it took six minutes for that lead to go down yeah. to one point. And you know, we gave a we had an eleven point lead, gave up a quick two to end the half. So there goes a little cut into the lead. They got momentum a little bit, and then they come out firing a little more than we did, and it's just gone. And I don't know, like I don't, I don't know, I don't get it. Like I don't know if we're trying to change too many things at one time or not enough. Yeah. But we don't come out – I feel like we don't come out the first half either to start with. Like yeah. our, first, our first three, four minutes of both halves are very low and terrible, I feel like. I don't know if we're just thinking too much about adjustments or the game plan or what, and we're not playing loose, but it's definitely not clicking for anybody out there because it's happened multiple times now. Yeah, it's almost happened in every Big 12 game in the second half, like – you look at the Kansas yeah. game. Kansas was able to kind of get a separation in that second half there. Uh, Oklahoma, they got up double digits on you in the second half. And, you know, all of these games, like the first 10 minutes is won by the other team in the second half. And then yeah. you kind of slow things down and figure it out and are able to kind of make a run. You know, Texas got up on you by, I think, eight there. Uh, and then you were finally able to go on a little run. Fardaz Amac, who we'll get into next. Uh, kind of get you back in the game and from there on you're able to compete but uh, it's just I mean and I don't know what it is I, I don't know you know I've seen us come out of the locker room at, at halftime and I specifically noticed it in the Oklahoma game when we ran out onto the court it wasn't running it, we walked back onto the court there, there's no energy there um, and, and that's always concerning to me I, I wanted yeah. to see the team yes. like come out fired up and it doesn't look like they're in that mode when they come out you know, from, from halftime, you can see it a little bit more in the first half. Like you typically play better in the first half in a lot of these games than you do in the yeah. second half. And so, um, I don't want to grab about too much in the first half, but the second half definitely been a big concern for this team and hopefully something that they can, uh, change, uh, here coming up shortly against Baylor. Dustin, the other big 
key thing in this game was the all of a sudden Fardaz Amak is going to play. And Fardaz Amak ends up playing a lot. He has 29 minutes in his debut. He's 29 whole minutes. I think all of us, when we saw that he was going to play, expected maybe five to 10. Just kind of like 15 at the most. Yeah, yeah. That the only scenario I could see is like Bacho fouled out and was like, we just need to kind of get a big guy in there a little bit more. But um, 29 minutes from him, 12 points on five of 12 from shooting, grabbed five boards, handed out two assists. Thought on the Big Maple's first action as a Red Raider, Dustin. What did you think? My first initial thought was he is huge. Dude, he really is like <laughs> massive. He's massive. He's tall. He's big. He's huge. And obviously, he got in some mismatches trying to guard on the outside. But when he gets down low, like on the offensive end, or trying to get rebounds, yeah. like he ain't, he can do whatever he wants down low. Really can. <laughs> yeah. He can go up against anybody. It was amazing to me because he came into the game and Frischilla and whoever the other guy were that were like, oh, commenting on is. the game. Well, it took them like five whole minutes to acknowledge that his, he was on the court. And you're like, hey, this is kind of a pretty big story. How do y'all not? And then how do you not see this massive human being that's running around? Um, but yeah, they yeah, had a so, weird, yeah. like, pro- I think the producers kind of messed up there because they had a weird, like, commercial break. And then it ended up being like a quick timeout, I guess. And then he got yeah. subbed in and like two or three possessions later, like, oh, look who it is. He's got the ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, it's Fardal Zamek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, a guy that, you know, was a, a huge pickup for us. We hadn't got to see. We had the little drama there a few weeks back right. where we thought he was going to transfer out, ends up staying. But um, your thoughts on, like, what he adds to this team and and kind of, like, any any hope that he might bring for you for this team moving forward? I think he brings a lot of hope. <laughs> and, I mean, one, we're kind of pretty low on the hope meter and scale at this point. We, yeah kind of any any kind of big boost we can get and he's going to bring a lot I think something I did write down he can get his own shot in the post yeah that's huge honestly we and he'll, he wants to take it we don't have another guy on this team that can do both of those like right. pop wants to take the shot but he's kind of too small and gets it blocked half the time Tyson can make his own shot but doesn't want to take it half the time yeah <laughs> you know we have guys that can do either or but Dawes, you saw a few times get in the post. We cleared it out. He was able to either face the guy up and shoot it in or make a couple back down moves and easy post play. And, like, it looked great having that, like, hey, just clear out and let him do his thing and feel good about it. And it's not like, you know, one of our, in the past, like, very undersized center forwards trying to do that and it's never gonna go good uh kevin o'banner trying to do that (laughs) so it makes you feel a lot better and i feel like he's that guy that we've been missing on the leadership front because he's older and experienced and more mature and we kind of need that on the floor i feel like to kind of rally the troops or keep things steady whatever it is i think he can bring a lot of those kind of X factor intangibles to the floor in this team also. Yeah. I mean, it totally changes the outlook of this team moving forward. I think I didn't think it, I expected it to make that big of a difference because, oh, and it's nothing against Fardos. It's just the, a big guy like him with a foot injury. Just right. It gives you a lot of concerns. Um, is he going to get 
it reheard. Is he actually going to be able to affect the game? And you could tell right away, like he can he can affect the game despite all of the rust that he probably has from actually having you know game minutes logged. Right, and he like, came out and he definitely kind of already looks like what comes from right. That's, yeah, he looks like fine. one of your best players already. Um, you you know you could see a couple of the rust issues, and there will be some things that he'll definitely improve on through the season but you know 12 points already uh he was looking for his shot knows where to you know knows where to be on offense knocked down a three for you that was pretty nice um just looks in control of himself offensively and so that was nice to see took a little bit of the uh pressure off bacho i thought uh which was nice um and then we'll get into some of the guys who struggled here shortly in, in bacho but um, I, I definitely think it's a relief for Bacho to know that it's like not all relying on him, that Fardos can come out there and, and, and provide a lot of the stuff that Bacho was having to provide for the whole entire team. And now you yeah. have somebody else who can do that. So um, definitely changes the outlook of this team. Excited that we got to see him play. And like, I think everybody's shocked that we got 29 minutes from him and good minutes. Um Good minutes from from the big Fardaz Amac. Oh, uh, yeah. Guys who struggled. Uh, let's get there before we get the bright spots of the game. Kevin O'Banner, Daniel Bacho in this one. Bacho didn't score. Um, Bacho had correct. 19 uh, minutes, 0 yeah. for 1, 1 rebound, and fouled out with 0 points. Three turnovers. Yeah. Um, Kevin O'Banner, eight points on three of eight yep. shooting, 0 for three from three point land. Did have yep. 10 rebounds, but four turnovers, four fouls. Um, Dustin, we, we talked about this on the uh, Nation post game show, but your thoughts right now on Kevin O'Banner and kind of some of the struggles that we're seeing from him. And it's something that we've talked about a lot, like when watching games together, it's just you can notice his body language. Um, and stuff like that. What do, what do you think we're seeing from O'Banna right now, and, and what do we need to see from him uh, moving forward? Yeah, this was another disappointing game, especially playing a rival in a big spot. And, yeah, he lays another dud pretty much. And the shooting wasn't there. And the fouls is what kills me. Um, all his fouls are – either dumb or really weak. Yeah. I don't need to be either. Don't even need to be taken. Ole defense, get out of the way or hammer the hell out of the guy. Don't barely slap at his wrist that you're not going to do anything. You know, we had that critical juncture down the stretch, like a minute and a half left or something. We tried to press, they break it really easy, get out a two on one. And he just turns around and slaps Timmy Allen for an and one. Yeah. Like, dude, just either hammer him or get out of the way. Like, don't give him an and one, and now they're up five. Like, four points wouldn't have killed us there either. Like, but the and one extra point there hurt us a lot. I don't know. It's just really killer. Like, besides his rebounding, he he didn't bring much to you, I feel like. But I have a positive spin on it after I let you kind of go in on him. Yeah, I think it's just it's frustrating from a guy who has logged so many minutes. You know, I think that's what we talked about right. on the nation thing. It, this is a guy you expect to be your leader. He was on the team last year. He understands what's needed from um, from Coach Adams, Coach Team. He, you know, he's played in the NCAA tournament. And he averaged a double double in the NCAA tournament. Like this is a guy that you expect a lot more from. 
and it's just frustrating to see him. It feels like he becomes disengaged when he's not really scoring. It feels like defensively he makes a lot of errors that really are costly, like you said, instead of just fouling Timmy Allen and making him earn the two points at the free throw line, he barely fouls him. Um, Timmy Allen gets the and one. Now it's a three-point play instead of making him earn the two, um, which ends up changing the game for you big time. Um, It's the turnovers. It's just the dumb turnovers Turnovers. that he makes that that are really bad, like just off a a defensive rebound and just a little outlet pass that are getting – intercepted Every game by the he has defense. at least one if not two of those and, and it's yeah there's just no excuse for that kind of turnover from a guy that no. has played so much basketball has no the excuse experience. for anybody in college to do that Th- those are high school turnovers like that's it's it's turnovers you expect to see at maybe like a jv basketball game yeah oh i hate when all of a sudden espn just decides to play the volume on the app uh on the website so after, I, like it's trying not muted. to use ESPN as much as I can because it did that to me a few times I'm like what the hell but yeah so that's that's been frustrating for me for him um you said you have a little uh, positive spin here that you're going to try yeah. to put on this thing <laughs> a little spin zone for you I think now with the addition of Fardaz especially down in the post and being able to run an offense through that big man I think that helps KO out being able to sit in the yeah. corner or top of the key and just pick people apart, kind of like Davide Moretti did four years ago on that national championship team. He's able to be that third or fourth option rather than one of the main focal points of the offense. You know, now he can either pick you apart from three or go get rebounds and putbacks. Like we don't have to go through him and get down low with him. We can he can be a second and third option for you on on plays and on the floor. And I think that can help him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I definitely think Fardaz, as he gets better, is going to attract more attention from defenses, and that yeah. can be a benefit to Kevin O'Banner. We saw it multiple times last year. You know, Bryson Williams kind of took a lot of the mm-hmm. focus from defense, and and Kevin O'Banner yeah. had some big games from that, you know. Uh and so maybe this can provide that spark for him find him some more open looks uh, because I definitely think right now the defenses have keyed in on him and um, you know, and, and that is a tough thing to do when every defense is focused on you, focused on you from the inside outside. Uh, So yeah, I I do think Fardaw's presence can uh, positively affect Kevin O'Banner. Daniel Bacho has been a struggle lately. We all know he got sick. We all know he lost some weight and he's trying to get that back on. And that can change uh, how he plays, especially, you know, when you're playing big guys in the Big 12, you lose 15, 20 pounds or whatever he lost. That is going to be a struggle. But at the same time, this has not been the same guy that we saw play Creighton, saw play Ohio State that looked like the best player on the court. He has uh, not looked the part lately. What are your thoughts on Daniel Bacho, Dustin? Uh, I'm tired of two big things of his and – I mean, the whole weight loss thing, it factors in a little bit. I don't. I think we're making too big a deal out of it because yeah. the things I'm seeing, I don't Aren't care if related. you are not weight related. Like, especially in this game, and you've seen it a few times, other times, really dumb, lazy fouls. Like his fifth foul this game was something dumb, frustrating, stupid, didn't need to happen. Yeah, like away from the ball. Grab the guy off a screen. Like, dude, you just got in the game. 
to help yeah. give these other guys a break and you just make dumb fouls and you'll see him go up for blocks all the time and his forearms here while he's trying to block and he hammers a guy in the chest and gets a foul and then he gets mad about it and it's like dude go two hands like you did the yeah. first play of the game or verticality yeah and so that kills me um the other thing that's killing me is when he 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 thinks he's a point guard or <laughs> point bacho yeah, thinks he's point bacho or thinks he's Giannis out there and he can be super skillful and make one or two dribbles in a spin move and obviously lose the ball or run into yeah. a guy or make a terrible pass is what 75% of those plays end up being. So I'm tired of him trying to make something out of plays like that. Like, it just, it's killing me, man. Yeah, those are like those unforced turnovers that, like, as soon as you see, and you can point it out, like, he as soon as he gets the ball and he starts dribbling, oh, yeah. yeah, you're like, uh oh, he's going to try to down. do something here. And it's and not going to end up. Move well. and know where yeah. he's at. <laughs> it, it's always that, like, I, what's frustrating with him for me is that he is, you know, what, 6'11, basically seven foot. Yeah, yeah. He has all the size advantage and he just kind of gets rid of that by dribbling against, you know, smaller guys, bringing the ball down low ball down, uh, yeah. instead of using his size to be bigger than them. Like he is, he, he goes down and he makes it easier for these guys to defend him. And then it ends up in turnovers. It ends up in travels. It ends up in block shots. Like it just hasn't been good offense for him. And maybe once he's able to get back his weight and kind of get back to, to what he's used to, Maybe we'll see the Bacho that we saw at the beginning of the season who oh. looked like one of the best players on our team. Um, and, and that will help transition into uh, this run that uh, keeps being tweeted out. The run oh. is coming. The run is coming. <laughs> now, and I've been preaching this all year, like waiting on Fardos. Now Bacho doesn't have to play 35 minutes a game. Yeah. Less than his ass. Like he can play 25 minutes a game or less. And – try to go even harder and be even more productive in less time. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And to see him do what he did against Texas, not having a single point fouling out of the game, a lot of turnovers, you know, definitely frustrating in a game where, you know, Fardaz was, we were trying to get Fardaz back into that game, you know, probably wanted a minute restrict him, but Bacha was playing so bad that you had to play Fardaz a lot yeah. more. Cause you just I mean, needed the size. Our worst plus minus at minus eight. Yeah. I don't think that's that stats everything because I mean looking at Texas, their worst one was Dylan DeSue, their center, and I loved how he was playing. <laughs> he had yeah. four blocks on us and was killing us down low. So I don't think that's everything. But when he's at zero points in a minus eight, it's like, well, he really contributed yeah. nothing. Yeah, I really felt when he was out there, we we were struggling. Um, either he was trying to do too much or or whatever, but he definitely, I think needs to just kind of take a beat, take a breather and not try to force it so much. I, I, just yeah. let the game come to you. And I think that's what he was doing so great at the beginning of the season was just kind of letting the game come to him. And, um, and he had those moments early on where you're like, all right, man, quit, <laughs> quit trying to run the offense. Um, I, I get it. It's fun, but, um, so yeah. we'll see the, uh, up next for the red Raiders and, and this run that a lot of people keep tweeting about the run is coming. Uh, can start on Tuesday night as Texas Tech. I I don't know. Um, Like I've said in the past, I've got to see us actually win one of these games before I really start believing in us. And that might be um, kind of a 
sour thing to say, I guess, as Red Raider fans. Like, there's a lot of people who are trying to be positive right now, but it's hard to when you're 0-5 in conference play. Um, and, and you've seen, a, you know, you've been watching this team continue to make mistakes and put themselves in tougher places to win these games. They have a good opportunity, though, against Baylor. I think Baylor comes in ranked number 21 in the country yep. Tuesday night. And then another good opportunity as you head to Manhattan to take on the 13th ranked Kansas State Wildcats. So two big opportunities this week to try to get yourself back. Dustin, what are your thoughts uh, on the week ahead for the Red Raiders? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm not getting my hopes up at this point because, yeah, we got two more ranked teams. Kansas State's top 15. Baylor's figured their problems out. We know they have some four- and five-star guys on their roster. And, like, we – we don't have room to mess up anymore. <laughs> so it's like the, the tension is high. The tension is high. Yeah, it really is must win territory. Like you don't have really any more opportunities to like, especially at home, you have to win this Baylor game. Um, I like that's the ultimate must win. Kent state not, you know, would be a huge win if you were able to go back to back this week. Uh, but for me, it's just, you know, you got to focus on Baylor. And if you can't yeah. get it done versus Baylor, then there, there's there's no chance you're making the tournament. You're already at a very slim chance here. Um, getting a win versus Baylor maybe puts you on track because if you can get that win, put together back-to-back nice wins here, maybe you have some momentum. Um, but really, for me, it just rides on Baylor. And if you can't get it done then, then you're just not going to be able to get it done this season. Um, and it's frustrating. Uh, but – but that's just what it is right now. You've got to win these games. You can't keep having a bunch of moral victories um, and being like, "Hey, we did this. We did this. We we competed." Oh, you got to get you got to turn some of these into Ws at some point. Yeah, I agree, man. I totally agree. And so, you know, we're trying to stay positive here. We try to <laughs> we we like positive vibes, but right now there just hasn't been a lot to be positive just about. Hard. Um, hopefully some positive moments coming for us this week. Uh, and we will, you know, be here next week to recap those. Dustin, you have anything else basketball related that you wanted to get off here before we move on to some final shots? No, let's go on to some, some other football talk. Yeah. Let's go do some playoff recapping in this week's final shots. The NFL playoff super wild card weekend began over this uh, past weekend, one of my favorite weekends in sports with all these football games going. Dustin, just your uh, thoughts on – I'm guessing this was your whole final shot too, right? Your, yeah, I was going to piggyback on it with you. I mean, it was a really good weekend of games. I mean, yeah. pretty much every game was really good. Even the Seahawks 49ers first half was really good. Seahawks were up yeah. first half. I mean, then the Niners took care of that. Then, like, you got the Giants upset on the Vikings, which – I think we all saw kind of coming yeah. that the Giants were better and the Vikings were fraud. Yeah, we both had that one. Um, yeah. And uh, the, the big one, Dustin, is the, the Jacksonville Jaguars and oh the Los the Angeles. Chargers, Chargers. The Chargers. Chargers. Doesn't matter where they're located. Doesn't matter who their quarterback <sighs> is. Doesn't matter who their coach is. The Chargers are always going to Charger. That's the one thing you can bank on. And boy, I, did they do that big time. I don't know how Brandon Staley keeps his job at this point oh yeah like you have an amazing talented roster and a great young quarterback you have a pro bowl running back two pro bowl receivers 
Good defense. Five, like five turnovers. And you got five turnovers, and you still blew like almost 30-point lead. I heard like, they ran the ball seven times in the second half. You have Austin freaking Eckler. Run the ball. Fired. Like, Maybe God. this dude didn't want to be the head coach anymore. Maybe, I, I, I don't know, but the Sean Payton sweepstakes, uh, that's a – it's a definite team that I'm watching right now because that's just a great location, great quarterback. If I'm Sean Payton, that's where I want to be. If I'm Brandon Staley, well, I'm scared to death because of that performance yeah. that he just had. He he should get on the Cliff Kingsbury plan and get a one-way ticket to Thailand. Yeah, speaking of, before we get into the rest <laughs> of the playoffs, so we, we failed to mention this last week, and I don't know how we we didn't get around to it, but Cliff Kingsbury out uh, out of the Arizona Cardinals position as we all kind of expected here. Shocking. Um, not shocking. Um, and the rumor was that he has bought a one-way ticket to Thailand and is not interested in hearing your coaching position. So, um, hey, you know, good for Cliff getting some much-needed yeah. vacation uh, with a lot of that buyout money that he has collected from two failures. <laughs> yeah, I think he's taking the right approach here. Like, rumors came out like, Multiple teams have reached out to him to be the offensive coordinator, and because like that's what he does and is really good at. But I I don't blame him. Like you have a lot of buyout money from one Texas Tech, two from the Cardinals now. Like you can sit all next year, not coach, kind of let the dust settle on, you know, the whatever the narrative is about you. Uh, I think we all kind of know what that is or should be. Yeah. I think it's worked really well for a lot of coaches to take a year off, get away, let things settle, and come back with a more clear head. Your name's a little more clear, not as tarnished as it was as being fired, you know, a few months ago. So I think that's a good move for him. Yeah, I too. I actually think, you know, this is the first move Cliff Kingsbury's made that I'm really respecting. Like, yeah, take some time <laughs> away. One year, two years, you've got plenty of buyout money to get by. Like, find the right spot. You're going to be an offensive coordinator. That's pretty much a guarantee. Uh, I think college is probably out of the question for him. We know he doesn't like recruiting. I don't like think recruiting. he wants to go back to college anyways. Yeah. But I know an NFL team will probably take a shot with him as an offensive coordinator. Uh, somewhere down the road I think that's the right place for him to be and maybe you know if he wants to be a head coach again like getting started there proving he can run a legit offense in the NFL that's consistent um, that can last for him, more than but, seven weeks yeah um, so interesting uh, from him there uh, hope he enjoys his time in Thailand you know have a good yeah. time and you got the sure. money use it relax uh, find the right place for you. Um, looking forward to the playoffs tonight. Uh, as we're recording this, the Cowboys and the Bucks play Monday night. Dustin, you feeling any better about this than we when we talked about it last week, or how are you feeling about it? I still feel good and fine about it. I mean, I do agree with you that betting against Tom Brady in playoffs is probably not a good idea. I think I've said that many times before, and I'm going against myself. But like the Cowboys are just a better team, and <clears throat> should win this and if not i think we're talking about mike mccarthy also getting fired yeah i think it's all in the way that it goes down um if the bucks come out and just kind of hammer the cowboys i think it's definitely a thing that y'all have to consider but you know i'm expecting this to be a good game tonight most of the games this weekend were pretty good pretty close for the most part so 
uh, been an enjoyable playoff so far. Next week in the divisional round, we have the Chiefs versus the Jaguars. We have the Bills and the Bengals getting to rematch. Yeah. What do you think about those matchups? That's going to be awesome. I was surprised that the Bills had a tough time against the Dolphins. Dolphins gave them a run for their money. Yeah, Skylar Thompson. Yeah, maybe that wakes the Bills up a little bit, but Bills-Bengals should be an epic matchup. Do we know where that one is taking place? That's still is, a Bills game. It's still a Bills game? Yeah. That's still an at-Buffalo game. The only the only games that are going to be in Atlanta, which I don't know if we mentioned that. Atlanta's the Chiefs, new Bills. Uh, AFC game. Chiefs-Bills or Chiefs-Bengals. Bengals. So we'll yeah. most likely get an Atlanta-hosted yeah. AFC game. Unless the Jaguars win. <laughs> Unless the Jaguars win. Which could happen, you know. The we saw Joe Burrow do this last year with the Bengals. Maybe Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars are up to pull off that kind of kind of run. Who knows? But I definitely expect the Chiefs to win. Um, I'm excited to see a Bills Bengals matchup. Um, we all know what happened last time, uh, so that'll definitely be an emotional game, I think, for both teams. But it will be really good. On the other side, uh, we have the Eagles Giants, and we'll have the. 49ers versus the winner of tonight's game. Um, so, Dustin, any thoughts on the NFC side of the playoffs in the divisional that'll rounds? Be, that'll be tough to upset either of those home teams. 49ers have so many weapons and are so damn good. And the Eagles are coming off the rest week, got healthy. They're the number one seed, playing in their own stadium. So, that's always tough. So, I don't know if you can upset either of those teams, to be honest. Yeah, I've got Eagles Niners going to the NFC Championship. I'll have Chiefs. I think the Bills are struggling a little bit defensively, but I think home game with what that game will mean, um, it's hard for me to pick against the Bills this playoffs. I think they kind of have this, you know, this storybook ending coming for them, possibly uh, see if they get kind of back on track this next week uh, there. What we'll be interested to see what happens tonight. Uh, specifically, did the Cowboys get a much-needed playoff victory over Tom Brady, beat Tom Brady for the first time, uh, and, and see. So we'll be watching that game, probably tweeting a little bit about that game. So, you know, make sure you're following us on Twitter to catch that. Dustin, anything else for this week? Any other little details you want to point out? Nothing else, man. Keep your head up for basketball. Keep that head up for basketball. Keep showing out. If you have tickets for the home games, make sure you're there. Uh, the guys still need the support, uh, and they, they've been in these games, and, and who knows, maybe we're the difference in, in turning this thing around here on Tuesday night. Uh, and, and make sure you're following the nation uh, because we will be doing much more of those post-game uh, Twitter spaces. It's a little harder for us for home games because we are at the games and getting out of the stadium and walking to the cars and all that yeah. by the time it's uh, 10, 15 minutes past uh, after game. So. Uh, more more likely to see us on there on road games, perhaps, but make sure you're following the nation there. And make sure you're following us on Apple and Spotify, too, as well, to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks. We're posting episodes each week, breaking down you know the basketball games, whatever football news comes across, and baseball's coming up shortly, so we'll be diving into that here soon. Uh, so follow us there, five stars. Give us those five-star ratings for the Tailgate. If you listen to us on Apple, hit us with those reviews. Also, follow our social medias, Twitter, at Telgate underscore talks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. 
and give that YouTube channel a subscription. Subscribe to it to catch all the little YouTube videos that we're posting there, clips from each week's episodes, uh, anything that we kind of find funny, interesting, or stuff like that, we usually post there. So subscribe to that channel. Thanks for listening to our Texas Tech Texas recap. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.